0: Welcome in, Rams fans. This is Rams Showcase. My name is Sheriff Joe Bags. Tonight's the Rams running back room gets a bit of a shakeup bus. First chance to see this team in prime time. We preview the Rams at Bengals Monday night game. And later, the fan quesos are back. And in a big way. Before we get into the action here, do want to let you know to follow Rams Showcase and myself on all your favorite social media. That would be at Rams Showcase at SheriffJobags. Also, you keep up with the show at, or uh, excuse me, ramshowcase.com. That is also where you snag your shirts. Speaking of shirts, got another giveaway for you. It is under that merch tab if you want to snag one for yourself. But uh, if you're uh, feeling confident here, you want to leave it up to chance. Well, good news. Got another uh, t shirt giveaway courtesy of All Pro Sports. AJ uh, also hopping in big again as uh, we are passing along to you another Ram Showcase shirt. We did have a winner from last week. Uh, the name of uh, Ghost Speed Racer on YouTube. And that is uh, definitely a place where you can enter uh, via watching the game preview, which is also information that you'll get here, uh, but that is added with uh, the visuals as well. So very simple on this one, uh, to get entered for a Ram Showcase t-shirt, all you need to do is tell me when uh, was the first time that you watched the Rams live and in person. And uh, if you have not had a chance to see the Rams live and in person Uh, What is a game that you would like to go to this year? If you could just pick one, money wasn't an issue, travel wasn't an issue, what game would you get to this year? Would it be at SoFi Stadium? Maybe you would uh, catch the Rams on the road, but that is all I need from you. Either when was your first game uh, seeing the Rams in person, or which one would you like to go to? I know for myself, my first time seeing the Rams in person, that was 2010. Uh, It was a regular season game in Denver, The uh, Sam Bradford rookie season at the Denver Broncos. Great game, 33-36. It was a great time. The Rams uh, left that game being first place in the NFC West. Uh, But, of course, we know how that season ended, and I don't want to talk about it, all right? Uh, So let's go ahead and hop into the action. By the way, leave that comment wherever you can hear me if you're not thinking that I'm getting it. Uh, feel free to send me a message on either X or on Instagram. Facebook is not a good place to message me, although the comment section is always open there as well. And if I respond to you and or like your response, that means you are officially entered. We'll give that away on uh, the next Ram Showcase Live, uh, which uh, this one, this will be on Monday. So we'll do it ahead of the uh, Rams-Bengals game. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll get that going for you. A bit of a pregame show uh, this coming week. So let's go ahead and dive into the action here so of course we got the big news today uh running back cam Akers has been traded to the minnesota vikings so uh sean mcveigh did confirm on the sean mcveigh show this past week that cam Akers did play his final snap as a member of the rams and i gotta say uh the unfortunate bit of this uh entire story is the lack of information cam is being painted as the bad guy here but uh we don't know really what to believe and uh, i guess uh hopping on that train in general is is fine uh it's it kind of harkens back to my uh main comment here of uh players come and go the rams are forever so uh you know cam Akers though being uh being traded so i know a lot of fans are frustrated at the return that the rams received for cam Akers, which which is essentially nothing we swap uh late round conditional picks a few years down the road so we're actually not even going to see this uh for a while here Um, But I know a lot of fans are frustrated at the return that the Rams did get for Cam Akers. My question back to you would be what were the other options? I mean, uh, his value had basically been crashed into the ground, being a healthy scratch, and kind of, I don't want to say reports, but rumors coming out that he's just not really much of a team player, stuff like that. So uh, his value was uh, essentially zero. So if the Rams could, in a couple of years, turn a sixth round pick into a fifth round pick based on this trade, then you know what? I think that that's better than nothing. That is better than just releasing him and clearing up that space, which essentially was the same amount of space. Uh, Cap-wise, the the impacts are uh, almost, I, I think they were identical, uh, whether the Rams traded Cam Akers or just released him. The only difference, obviously, being if a, a, a trade, you get something in return for Cam Akers. So it literally is just that. We got something in return for Cam Akers. It beats just releasing him. Although I did think that that would have been uh, the way to go, maybe to let him kind of choose his own path. But I will say, I am guessing that the Vikings are entering their Acres era with some caution. Uh, but we also have no idea what happened behind those closed doors. We have zero clue. Based on McVeigh's comments on Cam Acres, uh, it does appear that there was maybe some personal things going down between the two and or others. But again, we do not know what happened. At this point, I definitely wish Cam all the best in his future, but I turn my gaze to the Rams running back room. So Kyron Williams is going to be the top guy for the Rams uh, in the unit. And, uh, uh, well, I mean, joined by Ronnie Rivers, Zach Evans, and Royce Freeman. Eh, Freeman, there's no <laughs> D at the end of that. But uh, Rivers, Ronnie Rivers, Mr. Ripaz, he has uh, some experience on the Rams roster, which is good, and he could start to get some more looks as the season does roll on. Zach Evans is a rookie uh, out of Ole Miss who has been inactive each of the Rams' first two weeks of the season. He could he could be making an appearance as early as this week uh, with this move coming in. And, uh, well, Royce Freeman, he is a, the veteran presence in the room right now and could be uh, on the active roster based off of that. So, uh, Freeman, he's also looked strong in preseason. That was also exciting to watch. And, uh, well, I, I guess we'll get to kind of see if he gets his NFL footing back under him after what felt like a pretty promising uh, beginning to his career in his time in Denver. It did seem like he was kind of in the right direction when he was in Denver, and it all kind of just came crashing down. So uh, I'm not sure what to expect uh, it, or as far as, like, the Rams making any moves uh, for the running backs, uh, running back room right now. Uh, But with the roster spot open, uh, do look for a corresponding move uh, sometime this week, especially considering that the Rams do have that extra day uh, being a Monday night football game this week. Uh, Get somebody into the building, get them prepped. uh, And, you know, you never know if um, maybe we need somebody this week, uh, somebody that could be active. Um, I would guess not. But, uh, hey, get them into the building, get them on the plane. And, uh, well, we'll head out to Cincinnati and get them on our our sideline, get them part of our culture. And, oh, uh, well, see what kind of happens from there. Moving on here, uh, Sean McVay says that he had no idea the betting implications when kicking the field goal at the end of the game uh, against the San Francisco 49ers. And I see a lot of people are pretty angry at this uh, mad dog. He is one of them, said he lost $10,000 on that, that field goal. My My response to that is, like, that sucks, dude. I mean, the game's over when the game's over, not when you just think that it's done, right? <laughs> I mean... Uh, Sean McVay did give his reasoning, saying that uh, he thought that maybe we had enough time to get that field goal in, and maybe there would be a little bit of time to try to do an onside kick. If you recover the onside kick uh, with uh, the reco- or receiving team not touching the ball, the no time runs off. So even if there was one second, technically, it was still possible to tie that game. And I also, got to say that uh, I don't, I don't think that uh, there's any way that Sean McVay actually knew the betting situation here, right? why would Sean McVeigh care about the betting situation in general? I'm confused at why people would be so locked in on, uh, why McVeigh would appreciate things like the betting lines and, and the point spread and stuff like that. And, uh, my guess is, uh, that this is just not information that Sean McVeigh really researches nor cares about. If I had to guess again, I have ultimately no idea what he, uh, dives into on his time off or anything like that. But I will say, uh, that, um, from my perspective, I would be surprised if Sean McVay did really like have any clue about the betting implications of kicking that last uh, last second field goal. So, I mean, obviously for myself, I kind of talked about it uh, last week when we were going into the game preview saying, hey, Rams plus eight, I'm hammering that all day. So, hey, it worked out for me. <laughs> According to my bets, the Rams won by one. That was awesome. Uh, but uh, again, I just really don't think that the team in general... Or any team in general really cares about the betting lines, um, and uh, and kind of makes decisions based on what Vegas is saying that they're going to do. That's Vegas's job to worry about. That is not the team's job to worry about, or even care about, or even know about what Vegas is doing with the betting lines and the odds and all that stuff. Uh, so yeah, I absolutely believe Sean McVay when he says that he didn't know that that um, had any implication. Make it a one-possession game, and maybe some magic can happen. Of course. The clock did hit zero, which is unfortunate, but hey, at the same time, I, I, I absolutely do not buy that uh, Sean McVay had any idea that uh, there was any changes coming or any impacts as far as the betting lines go uh, when it comes to uh, that, that decision to kick the field goal at the end of that game against the San Francisco 49ers. So moving on to transactions here, the Rams did terminate punter uh, Brandon Wright from the practice squad. I was a little bit confused at why he was at it in the first place. Thought that maybe um, that uh, Ethan Evans was dealing with a bit of an injury. We never really got any word on that, but now Brandon Wright is uh, looking for a new team. And also uh, in replace of that uh, practice squad spot, uh, the Rams did sign defensive tackle Corey Durden to the practice squad. Uh, so he is now going to be uh, taking practice reps with the Los Angeles Rams and, of course, the big news on transactions: The Rams do trade running back Cam Akers to the Vikings in exchange for a late-round conditional draft pick swap. So Cam Akers does get to join, uh, join some uh, former coaches that he uh, that he does know that uh, from the time out in uh in uh in Los Angeles. Why am I blanking on the Vikings head coach name? You you know what I mean, but uh <laughs> it's, I don't know why I cannot think of his name right now. I'm trying to stall so that I can get it, but it's not there. I knew as soon as I hit this mic off though. I'm going to know it. Um so there's that part of it. I can picture his face. I don't know if that helps. <laughs> but I know it doesn't, but I know who he is. All right, moving on here uh to the standings. So the NFC West standings right now, the do the 49ers do lead. They are 2 and 0. Last week they did have the win over the Rams and this week they uh take on the Giants on Thursday night football. So uh those poor poor Giants, man. Rough start to their season, of course. And uh, they're just not looking super good right now. Also, Saquon Barkley not playing. So I would guess uh, and assume that the San Francisco 49ers will make their way to 3-0. and Although we do hope that the Giants pull something awesome out. The LA Rams sitting in second place uh, with that loss to the 49ers. And this week, taking on the Cincinnati Bengals on Monday Night Football. Cincinnati Bengals sitting at 0-2, which is wild to me that they very well could be starting with a 0-3 record to start the season, even though a lot of people are considering them a Super Bowl favorite, a team that absolutely should and could make this uh, this year's Super Bowl. So we'll see what happens there. Seattle Seahawks sitting in third place with a 1-1 record. They did have that win over the Detroit Lions, screwed up my survivor picks because I was so confident in the, in the Detroit Lions to take it to the Seattle Seahawks. The way the Seahawks looked, especially in the second half against the Rams in Week 1, I thought that that was a slam dunk over the lines, or for the Lions uh, to beat up on the Seahawks. After a win over the Kansas City Chiefs, now you lose to the Seahawks. What are you doing over your lines? And uh, this week, the uh, Seattle Seahawks taking on the Carolina Panthers, who may not be with their rookie quarterback, Bryce Young. We'll see what happens there. And the Arizona Cardinals, sitting where they'll probably sit the entire season in fourth place of the NFC West with an 0-2 record. Last week, they did lose to the Giants, which... You can't be losing to the Giants out here. Come on now. That's not a very good football team. Uh, and also, though, the comeback, the comeback was nuts, man. I know that, uh, of course, it was going on at the same time as the Rams game, so I wasn't really paying attention uh, to this outcome. Uh, but then all of a sudden, I see the score. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, Giants, what is up? Thank you for that one, man. Uh, beating up on the Arizona Cardinals there. And then uh, this week, the Arizona Cardinals do take on the Dallas Cowboys. So, uh, hey, survivor pick. Uh <laughs> Survivor pick alert, uh, take take the Dallas Cowboys over the Arizona Cardinals. Although I think that there's a, there's a few pretty good uh, survivor picks if that is a, a game that you get into. Uh, through mine, uh, I mean, it's, it's my work league, so we actually get a second chance. So obviously I screwed up this one. Uh, so next week, uh, this week, I'm feeling pretty good. There's three games, though, that I was like, oh, well, I don't like either. I like all of these. So I just kind of picked one. Uh, I think it might have been Dallas, actually, because these Arizona Cardinals I mean, I, I think it's safe to say that they're going to be sitting at fourth place uh, this entire season. I know that uh, that the Kyler Murray videos of him, like, working out and stuff like that are kind of getting some attention right now. I just don't buy it. I don't buy into the Arizona Cardinals one bit. I think that Jonathan Gannon is an absolute goober of a human. Uh, but, uh, hey, that's good news for uh, the L.A. Rams and uh, the rest of the NFC West. But, obviously, we only care about the L.A. Rams being the positive uh, beneficiaries of the arizona cardinals just being a bag of bummers that team is not good this year but uh, hey what can you do about it all right so we do have a game preview coming up uh did uh, want to last uh, last throw in this uh, last minute here uh if you do have a um if, if you have any sponsorship opportunities uh, for the rams or for ram showcase ram showcase at gmail.com that is where uh, that conversation can begin uh it's not just a, a, a send me a message and we're good to go i've denied Few people, they're not happy about it, but uh, hey, what can you do about it? Uh, but also, RamShowcase.com, snag your shirts. It's just under that merch tab there. We have uh, three different styles, or excuse me, three different colors in two different styles, but more to be added soon and other items to be added soon. So keep your eyeballs on the merch tab at RamShowcase.com. We'll take a quick break here, and uh, on the other side, we will preview the Los Angeles Rams at the Cincinnati Bengals Monday Night Football Coming your way, uh, we'll hop into that next. It's right here, Ram Showcase. The Los Angeles Rams head to the Midwest to take on the Cincinnati Bengals at Pacor Stadium. Before we hop into that, I did want to let you know that uh, Ram Showcase, uh, we do have another t-shirt giveaway. If you'd like to enter, it's super simple. All I need for you is wherever you can hear and or see me is drop a comment uh, below. And all you need to do is tell me when was the first time that you saw the Rams play live and in person? If uh, you have never seen the Rams play in person, well, what game would you pick? If you could just pick any this season, Uh, money wasn't an issue. Travel wasn't an issue. None of those things were a problem. What game would you choose to go to this season? And again, you can just comment that wherever you can hear or see me. If you don't think that I'm getting it or maybe you're listening to me on a weird podcast platform, always reach out on social media uh, at Ram Showcase at Sheriff Joe Bags on X and Instagram. Facebook isn't the best place to message me. My messages my messages don't uh, don't come through there, uh, but everywhere else is a good spot. Uh, just leave that comment, and if I like and or respond to you, uh, then that is confirmation that you are in. Last week, we had a bunch of uh, 49ers fans enter as well. So, uh, it's hey, that's awesome that they want themselves a Ram Showcase t-shirt. If you don't want to leave it up to chance, though, go ahead and uh, go to ramshowcase.com and click on that merch tab. You can check out our three different uh, colors and two different styles right there. So snag yourself, yourself a Ram Showcase t-shirt. The Los Angeles Rams sitting at 1-1, taking on the Cincinnati Bengals, who opened the season with an 0-2 record. This game going down at Paycor Stadium on Monday Night Football, September 25th on ESPN. I don't know why they're doing the two for Monday Night Football's, uh this uh, this season, or at least uh, this part of the season. But either way, the Rams uh, game kicking off at 5-15 Pacific Time on ESPN. Uh, our uh, broadcast has Chris Fowler, Dan Orlovsky, and Lewis Riddick uh, in the booth, and then uh, we also have Laura Rutledge on the sideline. If you are listening on Westwood One, well, you get to hear Kevin Harlan and Kurt Warner call the game uh, for the Rams. If you are a better for this one, the Rams are sitting right now at plus two and a half. This did get uh, dramatically changed after we got the report on Joe Burrow that he may not be playing in this game. Rams money line just sitting at plus 124, so nothing too crazy there. And the over/under sitting at 43 and a half. If you are indeed a better, so uh, some notes on this game. Of course, uh, right guard Joe Noteboom he is expected to play versus the Bengals uh, after uh, giving uh, after getting uh, hurt in the week two game against the 49ers and not returning. Jermaine Ancrum did come in in his place, uh, but he does look to uh, be able to go uh, this week against the Cincinnati Bengals giving the Rams the same starting offensive line for the first three weeks of the season, something that we didn't see last season until I believe it was week 13 that we saw the same offensive line go from one week into the next. So we're already miles above where we were last year, uh, which is very good news, of course. Quarterback Joe Burrow of the Cincinnati Bengals is dealing with an injury and his availability is uncertain at this time for Monday Night Football. But if Joe Burrow can't go, then Jake Browning is the backup. And if I'm not mistaken, Jake Browning has yet to throw a pass in the NFL. So going against this Los Angeles Rams defense that has been playing very well uh, could be quite the task for Jake Browning. Although uh, being in prime time, uh, energy levels are obviously a little bit different uh, in that setting. And then obviously you're at home as well. So feeding off that energy. And uh, well, you kind of go in there with uh, low expectations, when you're just backing up Joe Burrow, Uh, You can kind of go in there and just kind of let it rip because worst case scenario, I mean, you're just going to like Joe Burrow's just going to come back and then you're just back to clipboarding it with a headset on on the sidelines. So you might as well just go in and let it rip if uh, Browning is the one that uh, does come in uh, to take those snaps if Joe Burrow cannot go. Uh, The Rams will travel back to L.A. by the way, after the game in Cincinnati, there was speculation that the Rams could stay in the area with their week four matchup coming in. The uh, Indianapolis Colts or at the Indianapolis Colts in Indy is what I'm trying to say there. Uh, So obviously the story of this game, uh, well, the Bengals, could they really start 0-3? I mean, yeah. Yeah, they could. It's very possible, actually, because this Rams team is playing some pretty good football. uh, So they not only can they, but they also might. There's very real possibility the Rams win this football game. Uh, with the uh, the way that they've been able to perform in these first two games, although I do think it's uh, there 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 should be noted here a little asterisk uh, that those are two division games, and people always play uh, like it's kind of hard to judge people based on uh, division games because you know those teams really well. We know those coaches very well, Shanahan and Pete Carroll. Uh, Sean McVay has gone against them plenty of times, so the history is definitely there. Uh, but uh, the Cincinnati Bengals uh, they have underperformed to start the season. They're in a pretty rough spot with their superstar quarterback dealing with an injury on top of that as well. So, uh, of course, uh, we know like all the percentages and how bad it gets when you start 0-2 or 0-3 and your odds to make it to the playoffs. So will the Cincinnati Bengals be able to to stave that off? Well, we we hope not. <laughs> uh, but the Bengals offense also off to just a rough start. They're ranked last uh, right now in terms of total yards. Uh, so, I mean, just really not getting it done. Uh, at all, uh, like in any capacity, right now the Bengals not only are they o and two, but they're o and two, and like they're a bad o and two. Like they're not playing well. Uh, so that has to be like something that is like, I mean, at what point do the Cincinnati Bengals just turn this around? You know what I mean? Like they're obviously they're a very talented football team. We know uh, how how fast you can fall after appearing in a Super Bowl because uh, well we just did with them not that long ago. The Rams obviously kind of. They kind of ate it last year uh, pretty hard but we're hoping that this year's back on the come up is this the one for the Bengals is this the season that they kind of take a step back and need to kind of retool some stuff so an 0-3 start could kind of put that into people's brains especially out in the Bengals uh, front office and stuff that like if if you get with an 0-3 start and especially I mean you got a strong division there Browns obviously like they're they're the Browns we'll see what happens with them but Obviously, the Ravens—they just beat the Cincinnati Bengals, so there's going to be a lot of uh, conversation going on uh, when uh, when it, if if the Ram or excuse me, if the Bengals do get to an open three start from the Ram side of it. Uh, well, it feels obvious that the Rams are better than most people anticipated. Uh, not me, not me. I'm not a <laughs> I'm not an I've got receipts guy. I'm not trying to like find anybody and be like I told you, I told you we were going to be better than that. Um, but um, I will say that there's uh, plenty of people I haven't heard from in the last few weeks. Uh, so that's, that's that's it. That's, I mean, without going in and trying to give names or anything like that, because, again, I'm not that guy. I don't want to be that guy. That guy's never fun. Nobody likes to hang out with that guy who is all, like, looking for you like I told you so, but also at the same time. I mean, I did. <laughs> so there's that part of it, but it doesn't really matter. The Rams are better than we thought, or some people thought, um, because if you've been with Rams Showcase uh, leading into the season, And I feel like you know that uh, that I was not uh, down on this team and I was pretty like I was like kind of digging in my heels on like I think this team's gonna be better than the the media believes. And I think that that is kind of what we're seeing right now. It's kind of unfolding in front of us. So obviously, again, I don't have like I'm not keep I'm not I don't have screenshots of comments or anything like that. But um, there have been there are definitely people that I just haven't heard from. Um, if you're one of those, hit me up, dude. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, the Rams did, uh, they played extremely well on both sides of the football through two games. And uh, the way that the Rams played against the 49ers uh, has definitely shifted the way that the, the entire media is viewing this team right now. Even Colin Cowherd, who, well, I mean, he does, he is in LA, so he does give a little bit of favoritism there, I will say. Uh, but even he has thrown the Rams into the top 10 on his herd hierarchy, sliding in at the uh, number nine spot. And with two division games, but overall small viewing areas in those first two weeks, the Rams now enter a primetime audience for the first time this season with an incredible chance to show the masses how good they really can be. Um, and it is against a team that's struggling. So uh, in short, uh, could the Rams start 2-1? and one? Absolutely. Especially a Cincinnati Bengals team who is struggling right now. The Rams could 100% go into that game and win it. And then we don't know what the heck the Indianapolis Colts are. After that, we got the, the Philadelphia Eagles. And then it's the 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 Arizona Cardinals, so we're sitting in a spot right now where we could be sitting, i mean well above i say well like i mean two three games above five hundred uh going into like week seven or something, so that is pretty good news uh for the Rams, and again, this is the we're going against a, a an opponent who has struggled to start the season, so it's good to get this in prime time where we can kind of show everybody like if if some some guys are absolutely you know, just going off in this game and maybe guys that we haven't really heard from a whole lot yet, then, uh, yeah, I think this will be the one, even though the Bengals are not playing well, this will be the one, if the Rams can come up and have a strong showing in this one, this will be the one that really gets the media's attention of like, okay, the Rams are two and one playing good football right now. How far can they go? And that will be the conversation next week. If the Rams are able to pull out, let's just say a double digit win uh, in Cincinnati In I think that that's totally reasonable that if you can win even against a struggling team in their house in primetime, then you kind of do get a little bit more uh, more of a nod there. So let's go ahead and dive into the matchup here. We have the Rams offense versus the Bengals defense. So the Rams offense sitting right now with uh, they're averaging 411 a game, which again, it's two games. So it's hard to really dive into averages, but they're sitting third in the NFL right now going against the Bengals 25th ranked defense. So sitting near the bottom of the pack there. The uh, passing attack, the Rams are third in the league, averaging just over 315 a game for Matthew Stafford in that passing attack. The Cooper Cupless passing attack still. Now the Bengals do have a top 10 uh, pass defense, however. Uh, Running the football, that is where the Bengals defense definitely struggles. They are uh, one away from the very bottom of the league, sitting in 31st, and uh, the Rams uh, still struggling to get that ground game going, uh, ranking 23rd in the NFL right now. Uh, with a bit of a shakeup in that running back room, we'll see how that kind of unfolds in the next few weeks here. And the Rams are ninth in points scored, uh, putting up uh, just under 27 a game. And the Bengals are uh, tied for 19th, giving up over 25 in a game right now. So obviously, the Rams uh, they they do come out of the 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 two the first like two weeks performances like playing very good football. That is absolutely true. I mean, we no one's going to deny that the Rams are playing really good right now and probably better than we all thought. I mean, I, I left week one being like, I'm not surprised by any of this. I left week two being like, all right, this is pretty good. <laughs> like, this is this is not bad, all right? So you take away a few mistakes against the San Francisco 49ers, and that outcome is possibly different. I mean, we kind of talked about it on Ram Showcase Live every Monday on YouTube, and facebook uh we kind of talked about it there uh that, like you get that 2-2 play where he didn't cut it up you got the van jefferson uh the pass to van jefferson that was intercepted and then you have that kyron williams tipped pass that was intercepted i mean you take those three plays away and i mean that's maybe a 10 point win for the rams so it's a massive difference obviously um so i i think that that's worth noting that um that the rams were right there in that game and even jonah williams talked about it on his rams revealed episode that like it's like, we have felt like we played good, but just the scoreboard just was not in our favor. Like, that's the only thing. Like, everything else felt good, just the scoreboard. Unfortunately, that is the number one stat that uh, they look at for your records is uh, the points that you're putting up. Uh, so, obviously, that's unfortunate. But the Rams through two games. They've only punted three times, um, and that's obviously incredible, right? So, going against a team that has uh, struggled to stop the run, I do feel pretty good that uh, maybe Ethan Evans... Hey, just keep that leg locked up, man. Just keep it, uh, keep it good for the playoffs, and uh, we'll be good there. And even then, let's just not use it. How about that? How about we just have sick punters and don't need them? I think that that's a sweet game plan. <laughs> um, and could we really see a third week of Puka Nakua absolutely dominating? So far, he is showing no signs of slowing down. He is playing really, really good football right now. And I kind of talked about it last week that maybe, uh, that I felt like Tutu Atwell was going to be the more sustainable player uh, over the course of the season. After this game against the 49ers, though, I'm kind of changing my tune there. And It's not that I'm down on 2-2 or anything, but I will say that Puka nakua he looks like he is in position to have one of the best rookie seasons NFL wide receivers ever had. He's already just busting up some records and stuff. He's got 25 receptions in the first two weeks. That's madness. And it's not just that he's getting these receptions. It's also, I mean, not as a knock, It's not as a knock, but he's also got a bunch of, like, not a bunch. He's got a few drops as well in each game. So this number could be closer to 30. He's almost averaging 15 catches a game, which is insane. Like, I know that it's 12 and a half right now, but with those drops that he's had in both games, it really could be up to, like, 30 receptions in these first two games. So he is, you know, really, really pushing it there. Uh, He's playing incredible. I mean, no wide receiver in the NFL NFL history has uh, started a career like Puka Nakua, and we're only two games in. And that's incredible, right? So uh, looking for that to continue against a team who is uh, going to quickly become desperate for some wins. Look for the Bengals being 0-2 and going against a a team like the Rams who's young and energetic and fast and aggressive. Look for them to probably, if I had to guess, get a little testy with themselves inside that building. It's going to get a little, like, they're going to get frustrated uh, because they are known as a good team. They should be a good team. And with uh, starting the season with some struggles, it's going to start to leak into that locker room a little bit. You could see some guys taking more chances that could lead to some benefits uh, for an offense like the L.A. Rams going up there. So uh, next up on my three to see, uh, as Puka Nakua, of course, being number one, next up is going to be Kyron Williams. The Rams' uh, run offense hasn't exactly exploded yet, although Kyron has uh, started the season uh, by putting up some points. Uh, Dude's scoring tuds, and that's obviously awesome to see. He's got three on the ground. And one receiving, he does lead the NFL in touchdowns scored right now, which is incredible. But uh, we got to pump up the Russian stats just a little bit, uh, just to get some some more balance in the offense. The Rams' pass attack seems so strong right now, even without Cooper Cup. But to get that ground game rolling, I think is going to be critical. Uh, we know how it, how powerful a Sean McVay offense can be when the ground game is just absolutely crushing it. I.e., the Todd Gurley days. We know those and all that stuff that we can go back on and and check out. But uh, and just games where we've had strong rushing attacks, it's it feels unstoppable. And when the Rams do struggle to kind of get the ground game going, and it's all on Matthew Stafford or Jared Goff when that was uh, when he was our quarterback, now, when it's just on the quarterback though, uh, it does seem that the the, the Rams offense does kind of it it can be still very explosive. The pass attack is strong, but it, there there are some some still some questions. Uh, and uh, and I think just too much pressure on a quarterback and your receivers when uh, the ground game just can't get going. I will say, though, I think the, the addition of Mike LaFleur and the coaching staff as offensive coordinator, I think that's kind of reining in Sean McVay just a little bit and uh, keeping him more balanced. So far, though, just two games. Let's see the season unfold. And my third year on the three to see on the Rams offense is going to be wide receiver Van Jefferson. So far, Van has been a disappointment so far this season. I don't think that that's too insane to say. I don't even think that he wouldn't agree with that. Because um, I, I like Van Jefferson, and I have no intentions of trying to bash him in any capacity. Uh, but uh, the start of his season has definitely been rough, and he's just not getting it done right now. But uh, the way Sean McVay kind of talked about uh, Van uh, this last week, uh, it did give me a, a like some level of confidence in Van Jefferson because... It just the way that Sean McVay was talking about Van just kind of made it sound like, oh yeah, he hasn't like exploded yet, but like, I mean, Puka and and uh, Tutu are doing awesome, so like, yeah, he's just not getting the numbers yet. And it's it's kind of like if you watch the all twenty twos, uh, you can see him not get a lot of separation. Obviously, in week one, he had that really bad drop that we're all just like, dude, like you're <laughs> that's what like. But I mean, it happens. Whatever. It's uh, it's just part of. No one's perfect, you know what I mean? Like it, it's gonna happen, but the way that Sean McVay was kind of like, "Oh yeah, no, he's fine. Like it's not a big deal. Like he didn't have that same response when like when somebody asked him about uh, about Cam Akers. Is like his Cam Akers or JB Long asked him, he's like his Cam Akers played his last game as a Ram. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't anything like that. He was like kind of surprised by the fact that Van Jefferson is being like kind of like, hey, what's going on with this guy? He's like, oh no, he's fine. It's good he'll it's it's okay." So I, I think with that being said, it, it did give me some confidence in um, in Van, and I think that that's just a matter of time before Sean kind of starts cooking some stuff up for Van, and that we just see him kind of take on that role as a, a leader in this group. So I do still uh, kind of think that uh, this is going to be the final season of Van Jefferson uh, in Los Angeles, uh, but uh, for right now, I mean, he's here, so uh, I just... I hope he does well. I mean, I don't think that's too crazy to say, is it? That I just hope Van Jefferson does well while he's here. Uh, but either way, I think that uh, the way that Sean McVay was talking, any of these games over the next, I would say, next four, five, six games, any of these could be ones where we really see Van Jefferson kind of just take on more of an important role in the offense and uh, just have a little bit more impact as, uh, as we move on. So uh, let's move over here to uh, the Bengals' offense against the Rams' defense. The Bengals have definitely been struggling on the offensive side of the ball here, ranking dead last in total yards, just 225 and a half for the Cincinnati Bengals, going against the Rams' defense, ranking sixth right now. So just sitting outside of the top five uh, with a 281 average. Passing the football, Bengals still not getting it done here as well, ranking 30th in the NFL, while the Rams are currently fifth in the league defending the pass. Running the football, uh, another spot where the Bengals are just near the bottom, 28th in the NFL, uh, just over 70 yards a game uh, right now for the Bengals' uh, rush offense. And uh, the Rams' defense, this is definitely where they could improve, ranking 24th against the run, so strong opportunity to boost those numbers uh, this week. But the Bengals are surely thinking the same thing on their side when looking at the, the, the Rams' run defense. And uh, points being put up, uh, Bengals right now just 13.5. That tied for 30th, so uh, near the bottom there as well. And the Rams giving up uh, just over 21 uh, on average, which is currently 12th in the league. So, obviously, this Bengals offense is, I I think, just out of character right now. This is not something that we're used to seeing out of the Bengals, especially over these last few seasons. Since Joe Burrow has arrived, we have not seen uh, the Bengals offense just kind of have these this like this much trouble moving the football so uh, the rams defense though yet to force a turnover but still sits in sixth in the uh, league in total yards the bengals are the weakest offense the rams have faced so far and uh a chance to smother another team could be without their super bowl superstar quarterback as well so obviously uh we're hoping that uh that uh turnover that turnover situation can change i think jb long tweeted uh, a, a stat that said something about uh something about the offensive like points being scored or it was like 400 yards in each game and also not getting any defensive turnovers in the first two games and the Rams are the fourth team to do that and the other three went to the Super Bowl um I'm not sure if I'm ready to like commit be like oh yep that's that we're just joining that group right now um uh, but at the same time I mean that's very impressive uh the way that the Rams have been able to get this done without getting any turnovers so we're not even getting short fields or anything uh, we're not helping out uh, uh, Matthew Stafford as much as we would hope <laughs> they were helping him out. Uh, but, uh, of course, you know, we also know um, that uh, that turnovers tend to come in bunches and kind of just hits the right little rhythm uh, against the right team, and they just kind of stack up on you. Uh, so the Bengals, uh, they begin the season 0-2, and will eventually start to start to feel and play a little desperate, like I said. Uh, but uh, early season Bengals historically over these last few years have uh, started out uh, pretty weak, so uh, no need to panic for Bengals fans at this time. Uh, but a great chance that the Rams get back above 500, uh, putting the Cincinnati Bengals to an 0-3 record, which it at what point is like you're kind of hovering over the panic button just a little bit. It's there. You're kind of like, oh, do we do? Ah, you know, because Joe Burrow is your quarterback. You don't want to panic right away. It's kind of like uh, the the Chiefs. You know, losing on the the opener to the Lions, it's like, do you panic? Then no, I mean it's one game. Um, right now it's two, gonna be maybe three games for the Cincinnati. Bans. I feel like I'm talking like the Rams are just gonna win this game, like that's just a guarantee. That's not my intention. Um, because obviously any any given Sunday, you never know what can happen out there. The Rams could come out and just not look good. You know what I mean? It could be just be a thing this uh, this week. Uh, but either way, these Bengals, uh, I, I I feel like I'm I'm kind of maybe talking confident because these Bengals have not played well. And the Rams are playing well right now, so uh, that does have to be considered. Let's dive into the 3-2-C on the defensive side of the football for the Rams. And, uh, well, we'll start with um, safety, Russ Yeast. Reese- Yeasted. He's not getting, uh, got, not getting any love right now, um, so I'm going to go ahead and do it myself. Uh, Yeast, he does seem to be flying uh, under the radar, but he is flying around a football field, and I know that much. Uh, we thought it was a little weird to see him starting over John Johnson, but I think the way he's playing is showing us why he does have the traits to be a, a super sick safety. He does look a little raw, uh, but this isn't a bad thing. Yeast is in a position to kind of take this season and progress, and I'm I, I think that he's a player that I haven't really talked about very often, um, but he's a player that right now like is he's flying around, he's energetic, he's working hard. And he is a little bit raw, which makes me super excited to see his progression over the course of the season. So I'm I'm really pumped now to see Yeast, like when we look at him in week 17, 18, and, and think back to these days and these games uh, going into week three against the Bengals on Monday Night Football and kind of the vibe of what Russ Yeast is all about. So I'm pumped for him, though, and super stoked to see what he does uh, as the season continues linebacker Ernest Jones making his way back into the three to see this is probably going to be like a a main staple of the three to see is Ernest Jones I love this dude I love what he's doing on the defensive side of the ball for the Rams right now and it is incredible to watch absolutely loving it so Jones he is off to an awesome start on defense he's showing great traits as a leader of the defense and uh, he's also putting guys in the right positions we saw obviously uh, these last these last two games, he's got experience against both these teams, and in these players and stuff. But uh, the way that he's putting people in position, uh, I'm really liking what I'm seeing out of Ernest Jones. He seems to be just all over the place. He's near the end of almost every play, just like Christian Roseboom when he's in the game as well. Our linebackers are flying to the football. Absolutely love to see it, and that is going to make you a good defense when your when your linebackers are the ones that are in the end of every play, not your safeties. <laughs> It's usually pretty good, you know. You don't want all your, your safeties making all the tackles. That means they're probably, you know, you're probably giving up some yards if all your, if your safeties are uh, stacking up uh, all the, the tackles. But Ernest Jones, uh, I think this is an awesome opportunity to, for him to be in front of a large audience, obviously. Uh, so it's going to be some good stuff. Let's, let's go, Ernest Jones. I'm pumped about it, man. And then uh, next up, we'll go with Kobe Durant. I uh, haven't heard announcers really say Durant's name very often uh, this year. Um, but for a CB, that's obviously a good thing, and uh, he hasn't really been tested a whole lot. But he has been tested. He is playing well, though, um, and so we'll see. Uh, we'll see. It's fun to watch, like the all 22 with Kobe Durant, because he just doesn't seem to to get a lot of distance away from his um, from his his uh, man he's covering. So that's obviously awesome to see. So those are your three to see on the defensive side. Moving over to some milestones here. Quarterback Matthew Stafford does need just one touchdown pass to pass Pat Hayden for seventh most in franchise history. He does need 4,301 passing yards to pass Eli Manning for 10th all-time in league history. This is something that we're going to follow for the entire season, and hopefully that does get passed. He does need 32 touchdowns to pass Eli Manning for 10th all-time in league history in that category, and needs just 1,933 passing yards to pass Matt Ryan for second most passing yards in the first 200 games of a career. Tight end Tyler Higby needs 56 catches to pass Robert Woods for eighth most in franchise history. Uh, He does need two touchdown receptions to pass Preston Denard for 10th most in franchise history of all players. He does currently hold that title for tight ends. Defensive lineman Aaron Donald needs nine tackles to pass Alec Ogletree for second most tackles in franchise history, which is very exciting. James Laurinaitis does hold the record at number one. And he needs just one start, one start to move into ninth most in franchise history. So we'll see that happen on Monday. Ninth most starts in franchise history for Aaron Donald. Absolutely love to see it. Uh, your history here the Bengals do lead the all time series, eight and seven. Uh, the Rams do lead in points, however, 20, uh, 282 to 275. So if uh, the Rams win this game, all time series tied up at eight apiece. So uh, making this also the 16th game in. Uh, uh, against these two first ever game between these two teams came on october 27 uh, 22nd 1972 that was a 15 to 12 win for the rams the most recent game between these two was uh one that you might remember super bowl 56 with a 23 to 20 win for the los angeles rams The rams have won the last two um before super bowl uh was the london game where cup absolutely exploded for seven receptions 220 that was awesome. It's unfortunate we don't get him in this game. He seems to be a bit of a Bengal killer, as a uh, Cooper Cup on a football field has never lost to the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the Rams are three, were three and three uh, against the Bengals in their time in St. Louis. They won the first three and then uh, lost the last three. Some connections that we're looking at in uh, this game. Uh, the big one here, and the, the one that makes me a little bit sad, is a uh, former Rams on the Bengals is a safety nick scott who did uh play with the rams from 2019 to 2022 head coach zach taylor he uh, was the quarterback coach for the rams in 2017 and 2018 and uh, former Bengals on the rams uh, we do have defensive line coach eric henderson he was in cincinnati 2006 to 2008 so it has been a little bit of time there and then a quarterback coach zach robinson uh, he was a player for the Cincinnati Bengals in 2011 to 2013. Some former teammates uh, who have played together in different capacities here. We have quarterback Matthew Stafford and the Cincinnati Bengals offensive coordinator. Uh, they they were together in Detroit in 2016 and 17. So there is definitely some knowledge there um, between those two. Rams, uh, Tremaine Ancrum, Darian Kendrick, and Davis Allen did play at Clemson with the Bengals defensive end Miles Murphy. Offensive tackle Jackson Carmen and wide receiver T Higgins. They all played uh, on the same team together in 2019 in uh, Clemson. Jordan Fuller uh, did play at Ohio State with Joe Burrow as well as Sam Hubbard. They they all played there together in 2016 and 17. Aaron Donald did play at Pitt with wide receiver Tyler Boyd. Uh, that happened in 2013, and then uh, Troy Reader did play with Nick Scott. At Penn State in 2014 and 15, Troy Reader is a practice squad player for the Los Angeles Rams. But I just wanted to talk about Nick Scott one more time because, well, that guy's awesome. All right, sue me. <laughs> uh, Nick Scott, obviously a fan favorite, super cool dude as well. Um, if you got a chance to meet him uh, when when he was a Ram, obviously you know that as well. He was just really, really cool dude, really down to earth, and just a just a fun guy. You know what I mean? Just a just a good overall dude. So absolutely love to see it. Uh, so, we'll go ahead and dive into right now the fan quesos. Uh, but other than that, if you are watching on the YouTube channel or uh, Facebook for the game preview, well, hey, ramshowcase.com and uh, check out the full podcast wherever you find your favorite podcast uh, already. Ram Showcase. Search it up on like Apple and all that good stuff. Uh, but we'll take a quick break here and uh, dive into the fan quesos. All right, it is time to go ahead and hop into our fan quesos. If you have a question that you would like to uh, ask me uh, for the next episode of Ram Showcase, uh, well, I make a post on the Ram Showcase YouTube channel and uh, as well as the the Facebook page. If there's other ways that you want to get those questions to me, definitely just send me a message, and uh, we'll get your question uh, added in to the list here. So let's go ahead and start. This first one's going to come from Payo Time. So uh, if you had to cook a meal for the Rams offensive line, oof, I shouldn't have started with this one. Let's see, what are you cooking them? And uh, note, you cannot order takeout as it has to be cooked by you at your apartment. So I am not uh, what you call a cookist (laughs) or a person who cooks at all. Um, I'm not very good at it. I I will say I uh, I do some damage with a crock pot. But uh, that's not big enough to feed this offensive line. It's probably not even big enough to feed one. Like I mean, you know what I mean. So if I had to, uh, if I had to go with something, I mean, I'm going basic, man. I'm going s- something simple. You know, well, let's just go ahead and whip out the grill, dude. Let's th- let's toss on some burgers. Let's toss on some dogs and some brats. Maybe a steak or two, man. And uh, yeah, let's 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 feed these guys, all right. And also, you got to go big on uh, some some like some real filling stuff too i'm gonna need some uh some beans i'm gonna need some uh, mashed potatoes i'm gonna need the the whole thing all right and also also uh, i need the potato salad mainly just because i absolutely love that and i'm I'm not gonna make that potato salad i will not make that part of it but everything else man i will make that so uh, mainly i think i just want to have a barbecue <laughs> with the rams offensive line i just want to hang out with them i think i want to hang out with aj jackson and rob havenstein and no Boom. Steve, dude, hell yeah. Man. Oh Steve, I don't even know how much that dude could eat. I don't eat I, I don't think I could handle it. I don't think I have enough food to make to make for even just Steve, man. So good question, though. That's tough. I'm not a, I'm not a cook. I'm not a cook guy. So uh yeah, it's a tough one. Uh, next one here coming from Paul on the YouTube channel. Uh, do you think the Rams will make a deal for Taylor, the running back from the Colts? Uh, I do not. Uh, I do not think that the Rams will be making any uh, moves for uh Jonathan Taylor. Um, obviously we kind of, this question very well actually, uh, did come in after the, uh, acres trade. So, um, no, I, I don't think the Rams will be making that kind of move, uh, a, because you need to, uh, get rid of assets, uh, for him. And then also on top of that, then you need to pay him. And that's just a lot of things, uh, happening. So, uh, I'm going to go with, no, I don't think this is a thing that the Rams will try to pursue. Um, but on the flip side of that, man, I will say this, uh, if they do, I ain't mad about it. Jonathan Taylor's sick, dude. And he could be around for a while. So, uh, there's that part of it too. And, uh, next one here, uh, next couple here will be coming from Anne. Uh, let's see here. Uh, um, can you address the rumors about AD getting traded? I have not, uh, seen rumors, uh, saying that AD will get traded, but I will say this. It's not going to happen. I feel very confident saying that Aaron Donald's not getting traded. Um, uh, First of all, the Rams are one and one right now. Uh, We kind of talked about, uh, well, there was those rumors kind of floating around in the offseason that like, hey, if the Rams start slow, then they could try to trade Aaron Donald. Those were never real rumors. Uh, Those were from uh, the Robin to Colin Coward's Batman. I don't know. I never remember his name. I think it's Jason. Uh, That might be it. But um, whoever that guy is that sits with Colin Coward, uh, that guy, he said that like it was his bold predictions thing that he was doing. And uh, he basically said that, if hey, if the Rams start slow, they could trade Aaron Donald. And then everybody kind of took that and ran with it. Uh, but there was no, no merit to those um, trade rumors. And I bet if we asked Les Snead, Sean McVay, you know, Tony Pastors, uh, <laughs> all these guys, I, I just think that they would laugh in your face if, uh, if you were like, Is, are we trading Aaron Donald? They'd be like, no, <laughs> no, get out of here. So no, um, first of all, I haven't seen uh, any rumors. And also, I would be straight up stunned. If uh, the Rams did trade him, because also I kind of talked about that, too, with um with with like a slow start. Would the Rams trade Aaron Donald and It's like, so you're going to start slow and then get rid of the best players your franchise has ever seen. Do you hate your fans? Like you want to have that you want to have them watch losses and then get rid of one of the all time favorite players. Like, no, you don't do that. You don't do it. Like, and I agree. I get like from the whole like, well, we got to build for the future and stuff like that. But like, there's no way. There is no way you are going to trade Aaron Donald after a slow start. That is, I, there's so many words that I could use there. <laughs> no, it's not going to happen. All right. Uh, next question here is, uh, do you think uh, when Cooper Cup comes back uh, that he will be the number two wide receiver? Nakua has the hot hand right now. Uh, no, I don't. Um, I will say Cooper Cup is... I mean, he's a triple crown Super Bowl MVP. He's had one of the best seasons an NFL wide receiver has ever had, if not the best season an NFL wide receiver has ever had. And that was very recent. That was just one year removed. He had uh, obviously last year, but the year before that was when all this stuff went down. So, no, um, uh, Cooper Cup is not going to be a wide receiver too. I see a lot of people talking about uh, Cooper Cup and his return, being saying that uh, well, he and Nakua play the same position, so they won't even be on the field at the same time. What? No, obviously not. They're going to be on the field at the same time. Probably a lot, like probably often. It's gonna it's gonna be Nakua Cup and Atwell, uh, if I had to guess. And Benny Skol will get in there. Jefferson will still get reps. So uh, Robinson still exists. So uh, I don't know, but. No, uh Cooper Cup is going to be wide receiver one. He is still Cooper Cup. And also I I I, I don't wanna like say anything bad about Pukanakua because I have nothing negative to say about him. And he's playing so well and already becoming a fan favorite, but he's also played two games in the NFL. All right. Let's give it a let's give it a minute. All right. Uh Cooper Cup is still Cooper Cup, like I said, Triple Crown Super Bowl MVP. Maybe the best single season an NFL wide receiver has ever had. So I think that has to be considered as well that um, you don't just kind of push a guy down the depth chart because uh, somebody else is um, is uh, kind of hanging out there. So um, if that makes any sense. <laughs> so uh, moving on here to uh, Facebook where Cody says, do you think Van gets benched when Cup gets back? I think that's obviously um, very possible, um, especially if Van Jefferson does not kind of get it together. But at the same time, is it like, I don't know. I think that the whole depth chart thing is kind of, it it skews brains a lot. And I, this kind of also goes back to the last question. Uh, it, it kind of skews brains a little bit because I don't, I don't know how much the team really cares about the depth chart. And if like, if this guy's ahead of this guy, well, it's like, well, well, that's just, that's the guy it's not Madden where if you have a guy slotted in on your depth chart, then he's just going to play every snap, you know, um, there's a, there's a lot of rotation going on, especially on the Rams. Um, so I, I think that, uh, Van Jefferson will definitely lose some reps, um, but I don't think that he just, like, disappears entirely. Um, But uh, Cup obviously getting back uh, pushes everybody down. So every single slot that everybody's in right now, they all go down a spot when Cooper Cup returns because, well, Cooper Cup is the absolute friggin' man. And, uh, yeah, he does a very good job at this game, (laughs) this game of football. Uh, Next one from Cody. Uh, How concerned should we be Uh, with all the time Cup has missed in recent years. Um, Very minimal, uh, I'll be honest with you, man. I I mean, your concern levels are up to you, essentially. But I'll say, um, uh, football is not only a contact sport, but it is a very violent sport. So it's like, it's super unfortunate when we see injuries, it sucks, Um, especially like things like Nick Chubb. That is such a bummer when that happens, man. But Hey, it's a it's a very violent sport and uh, people are flying around trying to earn their dollars. So um, Cooper Cup, it's just unfortunate for him, man um, ultimately. Um, but we've seen what he can do with uh, with being fully healthy. So if that is the cup that we get when he's fully healthy, but he also might miss some time. I'm OK with that. I'm absolutely OK with that. So uh, should we be concerned about it? Uh, I'm not. I, I choose not to be, I guess. Uh, because it's football, people are going to miss time, people are going to get beat up, and it's just the way it is. I don't want anybody to get injured, but it's a pretty aggressive sport, man. People are flying around, and uh, these guys are athletic insanity people. So, I don't know where I was going with that word, but uh, <laughs> they're crazy, alright? So, uh, yeah, obviously people are going to get hurt. Uh, it's car crashes all the time. Ask, uh, ask uh, what's his face? Um, Brock Purdy. <laughs> I his name. Uh, Byron Young coming in and just absolutely just destroying his soul there on that one play. So, yeah, that kind of stuff happens. And that could have easily been an injury for uh, Brock Purdy. So Uh, Next up here, do you see us bringing in another running back? I don't think I see us uh, really bringing in a running back right now. I do think it's possible in the next coming weeks. But I think that we need to see kind of what we have now. Let's let Zach Evans get some reps uh, before we kind of start like looking outside the building. Because we have a guy right now that a lot of people were kind of talking about uh, post-draft that he could have been a steal. So what if? What if Zach Evans also a six steal, and the Rams' draft class just gets even better? Hell yeah! Uh, next up, Edwin. Edwin, capital W I N on uh, on the spelling of that. Uh, people keep wanting us to pick up Jonathan Taylor. I personally don't think we need a running back, especially because he wants a big payday. I almost exactly what I said. <laughs> I would much rather get an edge rusher. Uh, who do you think we should target for a possible trade? Or do you think our current roster is fine the way it is? I'll be honest, dude. I think our current roster is fine the way it is. I like our roster right now. I think that we're flying around. We're playing some really, really good football on really all aspects. There's not really any spots where I'm like, this could, this sucks, but like tight end, but like, we're also just not focusing on it. So it's not that big of a deal. So obviously there's always a way to improve your football team, but right now I'm feeling pretty good about it. And I agree with you. I don't think that uh, we need to go after Jonathan Taylor, at least right now. Let's, uh, if, if we made a move for Jonathan Taylor and uh, uh, targeted him, then I would hope that that would be just this offseason. And uh, next one here from Edwin. Uh, who do you th- why do you think uh, things didn't work out with Cam Akers? Unfortunately, man, I have no idea. And I hate to speculate because, well, I like Cam Akers. And um, the, the reports and rumors that we've seen are unfortunate. Um, but uh, ultimately, I'm not going to pick sides because I don't know the details of uh, what happened behind any kind of closed doors or anything. the uh, uh, next one here from Jason. If we go to the playoffs uh, with this group of players, does Coach McVay go down as the best coach of all time? Jason, uh, with this question from Des Moines, Iowa, man. Uh, so I, 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 he's already probably the best Rams coach of all time, but uh, if we're going to go best coach of all time, no. He's not there yet. Um, even just like making it to the playoffs with this team, um, I don't think we, we can say that yet. Uh, obviously, we know there's some very good uh, coaches that have uh, been in the NFL before. Um, Andy Reid right now. Um, along with Mike Tomlin right now, Bill Belichick right now. Uh, there's some very, very good coaches in the NFL right now. So I wouldn't say that he's the best ever, um, but I already think that he's the best Rams coach that we've ever seen. So um, there's, I mean, it depends really, really, too, like what are your qualifications on being the best ever? What does that even really mean in uh, in every capacity? Is it like one of those things where it's like, is it just winning percentage? Is its is it... um Taking what I mean, in fairness to your question here, Jason, is that like, is it taking a team that everybody thought was going to be terrible and making them super, super sick? Like, that's obviously a possibility uh, that could be in there. So I don't know, man. Um, I, I would say I would kind of d- defer that question to you, man. What do you think? Like, do you think that if if this is a playoff team or better yet, man, let's say this team wins the Super Bowl. Do you just kind of slot in Sean McVay as the best head coach of all time? Um, I still don't know if I would say that, but also I don't really get into the whole, I guess myself, I, I don't really dive into like the rankings of all that stuff. I think everybody can be good in their own capacities. Like we don't have to say like, we don't have to have an argument of like, is Cooper Cup or Jerry Rice the best receiver? You know what I mean? Like we don't have to, it's like, well, Jerry Rice was super sick when he was playing and Cooper Cup is super sick when he's playing. So maybe they're both just super sick and we don't have to like rank them ahead of one another. Um it kind of goes back to that whole like hall of fame, um, conversation of like first ballot and others. And it's like, well, you're all there. <laughs> like, you made it. Like, and I, I do think that there, there should be something uh, a little bit special to a first ballot, uh, guy. Uh, but uh, everybody else, you made it and that's all that really matters. Right. So, and uh last question here also coming from Jason from Des Moines is, uh, what did you see or, yeah, what did you see San Francisco doing to keep AD basically quiet all game? Or, God forbid, do you think he's lost a step? No, I don't think he's lost a step. Um, they were just, like, double and triple teaming him. It happens uh, pretty often. Yeah, we, we see a lot of games where this happens. And uh, San Francisco, they go against him enough to know that uh, you don't let him just go after your guys. So, uh, smart move by them, honestly, <laughs> to go, to just take him out of the game. I mean, double, triple team him and, uh, you know, let, let the other guys try to make a play, so that's all we saw from there uh, but no uh, aaron donald has not lost a step he is like getting there he's 32 so um he's you know he's getting to that age but uh as of right now no he has not lost a step uh there are other questions but unfortunately i am out of time so uh maybe we'll get to those uh maybe monday on the pregame stream uh so ram showcase live on youtube as well as facebook so check it on out there uh, but uh, unfortunately i've kind of got time restrictions now uh, with some uh, awesome stuff that i've done uh, lately so do got to keep it to an hour almost exactly <laughs> as close to an hour as i can get well, with a uh, broad street south hell yeah hopping on board with ram showcase for the 2023 nfl season uh, but that is uh it for me make sure you follow uh at ram showcase at sheriff joe bags on all your favorite social media ram showcase.com for the latest surrounding your los angeles rams and uh, that is going to do it for me i am sheriff joe bags this has been ram showcase on sports war radio the fan side of network and broad street south For those of you who aren't Rams fans, our thoughts and prayers are with you. For those of you who are Rams fans, thank you so much for listening, and go Rams!